Hi, and welcome back to This Week in Voice, Season 7, Episode 8. My name is Bradley Metrock. I'm CEO of Project Voice. I am newly recovered from COVID. So if you saw me 72 hours ago, uh, if you don't like what I look like now, uh, you wouldn't have really liked it then. Um, I'm glad to, uh, to be here uh, joining this great uh, panel of guests on the show. Um, I feel 100% recovered and I'm, I'm uh, thankful for that. Uh, I will also note that uh, I am continuing to wear my Titans visor. Um, I appreciate the feedback I have received on that, at least the positive feedback. Uh, I will remind you that since I started wearing the Titans visor, the Titans have gone from 0-2 to 5-2, now playing arguably their most important game of the season this weekend, and they need to go 6-2 against the Chiefs. Uh, we will have more to report next week. We have a great panel of guests, really excited about this. Um, Susan, I'm going to start with you. Tell us who you are. Tell us who you're with. It's great to have you back on the show. Yeah, thank you, Bradley. It's great to be back. Um, so my name is Nira. I am a Chief Design Officer at Core.ai. Um, I've been with Core a little bit less than a year at this point, but I have been working on conversational AI design, evaluation, and strategy for like 150 years. Um, I'm a linguist by training, um, and I came into this because I had this longstanding interest in helping humans have conversations with machines. Um, Core AI, is, um, it, it's been fantastic uh, being at Core. Um, I, I, I joined basically because of the strength of course, EXO platform. Um, you know, the, the mission behind this platform is really to democratize conversational AI to allow anybody, um, no matter whether they're they're a technical person or, or non-technical, to build their own AI virtual assistants. Um, we were, were in the virtual uh, to go uh, to go check out core.ai. Susan, we appreciate you. And uh, we heard most of that. It was a little choppy, but um, uh, it's great to have you back on the show and appreciate you joining us. Next up, we have Chetan Damani. Chetan, say hello. Hello. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm Chetan and uh, I'm the founder of a company called Cashew. Um, and thank you for having me on the show. Um, I've been a an avid fan for a few months now uh, and it's good to actually finally get a chance to be on the show. Um, so Cashew, we've been around uh, for a couple of years. Um, we're still in seed level and what we're trying to do is bring publishers onto Alexa ecosystem and help them monetize. So we work with some big publishers who are already on Alexa and one of them is Amazon, Amazon Advertising and Amazon Music um, and helping them create adverts that could go alongside some of their content. And we also work with new publishers like TripAdvisor um, who want to launch on Alexa, but do it in a way so that it's actually not an experiment, but a way for them to turn it into an actual business so they can actually make revenue from it. Um, we've, been, like, we've been around for two years and over those two years, we've been experimenting a lot, experimenting with what works on Alexa uh, with voice in the consumer space experimenting what adverts work um, for brands 
but recently we've kind of hit upon a sweet spot. We know what's kind of working and we're building our tooling around that to help brands and publishers build experiences on Alexa and launch experiences on Alexa, which we know will help them actually drive revenue and help them help brands have engagement. Perfect. Yeah. Chetan, thank you for being part of the show. You got a really interesting business and uh, thanks for sharing what you and Cashew do. Um, next up, we've got Dylan Fox from Assembly. Dylan, say hello. Hey, thanks for having me on here. Um, yeah, founder of a company called Assembly AI. We're building out a developer platform of AI models right now focused on audio data um, and the AI models that we research and train and deploy in-house, we expose to an API the developers and product teams can build on top of. The models we build can perform a number of different AI tasks across basic automatic transcription to content moderation of audio, um, topic detection of audio, summarization of audio, and expose all that through an API that developers at hackathons or at enterprises can build on top of. Um, we started our company about five years ago. Um, we've raised about $65 million in funding, um, remote first company, and are really excited about all the innovation that's happening in the AI space right now um, in and outside of voice technology. So excited to be here. Great to have you on the show. Yeah, you've been you've been putting some uh, some impressive uh, results on the board, and um, thanks for making the time. Next up, we got Evan McMillan, the Grid Space. Evan, say hello. Hey, everybody. I'm Evan McMillan. Uh, I'm the CEO of Grid Space. Uh, Grid Space makes conversational care readily available by providing superior machine talent to patients, customers, and businesses. Uh, in plain speak, we make virtual agents and software that helps people see into their contact centers. We work with some really, really big customers, Optum, USAA, Square, uh, run on our software. And we're a bit unique in the space. So we make everything uh, at GridSpace from scratch. So we make our own conversational ASR. We make our own TTS. We make our own NLU. Uh, we've been doing work on conversational ASR for uh, 10 plus years in, in sort of the, the new age of non-linguist, uh, big data uh, models. And uh, we're having a lot of success and uh, it's exciting to see uh, voice AI, uh, you know, back in the back in the, the front of the newspaper. <laughs> so we're, we're excited for uh, 2022, the rest of it and 2023. Great to have you on the show. Yeah, it's fun to see what you've been doing. I think the time for healthcare is is upon us. Um, you know, as it relates to AI, conversational AI, all of it. Thanks for thanks for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us. Next up, we got Kieran Katakapa. Kieran, say hello. Hello, everyone, and thanks, Bradley, for having me. Um, and excited to meet you all and learn from you all. Um, I've been a fan of uh, your show for a long time. And uh, I'm the CTO and co-founder at QX AI. QX stands for Human Experience. We are a conversational AI system and conversational analytics uh, that we build for hospitality and restaurant domain. Uh, we have built it entirely in-house. We've been around for about two and a half years where we have collected the data, annotated it, and built the entire foundational components in-house ourselves. 
Um, our IP is core on the edge-based AI, uh, meaning restaurants and hospitality is plagued with problems like not guaranteed quality of service and the microphonics system that exists at restaurants and such are mono microphones, which are 10 plus year old. And we have really poor quality audio and we have to work with it. And that's what we've been working on over the last two and a half years. And uh, we have some clients whom we are working with as proof of concept to pilot stage now. We are a seed stage company. I'm currently based out of Charlotte, but my startup is Canadian firm. Uh, two co-founders are based out of Canada. And in my past life, I was with Bank of America building their Erica chatbot. So I'm sure you had uh, a lot of conversation around it in the past show. So uh, happy to be here. Uh, thanks, Bradley. Thanks to you, Karen. Thanks to everybody. We got a great, just a great assortment of folks uh, joining us today. And, and we're, we're gratified uh, as always by that. Um, so with that, let's get to the news. And um, interesting story um, to start with. I'm going to read the headline. This is from VoiceBot. Rain debuts ortho industrial voice assistant for vehicle repair. So this um, this is like a story that checks all the boxes for me. Um, it, it, it covers something important in terms of voice AI, conversational AI moving into industrial contexts, which I think uh, is, is valuable. It covers a pivot from an original company in the space doing something originally involving the major ecosystems into doing something different that doesn't. Um, there's a lot of different pieces going on here and I love it. It just, it, it, it's like a perfect Rorschach test for the space. Um, I, I just, I, I really like this story. Um, I'm interested to get everybody's thoughts on it and what in particular might've stood out to them or, or, or what didn't. Susan, I'm gonna start with you. Um, interesting story, you know these folks as well as I do. Um, what, uh, what stood out to you the most about this piece? Yeah, I, I'm similarly enthusiastic um, to, to have read this. I think that it represents some really important strategic thinking about great uses for conversational AI. You know, conversational AI for generalized customer service stuff is, is you know, still the holy grail. Everybody's out there chasing that. But I love the idea of using this technology for a very specific use case very specific context of use and a very specific set of users. Um, and so I think it's really smart to, to have that, you know, kind of laser focus um, on, on Rain's part. And the one other thing that I guess I, I will, I will share about it that stood out to me is um, that yes, well, well, all of that is true. I think it's, it's smart and a, and a beautiful way to do this. Um, a lot of the, the, the power of this solution is because the users are in an eyes busy, hands busy situation. 
So uh, the, the folks who are going to be using this ortho solution no longer have to stop, go wash the grease off their hands, pull open a paper manual, right? So it's it's that same stuff that that us old timers in in the 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 voice and conversational technology space have been talking about forever. That's a huge part of the value. And I think that that in a lot of modern solutions, we don't necessarily remember that and take it into account. Completely agree. Yeah, no, I, I think um, it's it's um, it's fascinating to see what they're doing. And 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 you know, you 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 covered it well. And um, I I just like I said, I love everything about this story, and and certainly the the people who are are doing it and how they raise money to do it and. But anyway, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to I want to get everybody's thoughts on this and I'm going to go through the same order that I went through the introduction to the show. And then as we get into the other stories, I'll start to rotate the order around. Chetan, I'm going to go to you, your thoughts on this piece as well. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been following Rain for, you know, since they set up, they've always been building amazingly beautiful experiences on Alexa and Google. And it's great to see that they're taking that consumer facing talent um and building enterprise applications like this um because one of the things to get enterprise adoption is not just having the great use case for it but it's also to have an application that the end users are actually going to love using and that's what's going to get people using these applications and i think that using rain's experience in building these beautiful experiences that they have done uh, and taking it to enterprise space putting it in front of these people who won't need to go through any training uh, because it seems very intuitive just to be able to speak to a device and just go, okay, you know, tell me more about the tires I need to change or whatever it might be. Um, and I think that pivot is something that we're going to start seeing a lot of. So a lot of these agencies who originally set up building applications for brands or consumer facing um, applications are going to start to say, okay, look, how can we use all that learning that we've done over the past two years? Um, or three years to have long they've been doing it for and apply it in the enterprise space uh, because now we're in that environment where the tech is out there. Um, you don't just have to use Alexa and Google. You can use all these other startups uh, who are in the voice space and you can build your own standalone unit and put it into enterprise. And I think it's super exciting for the enterprise space. I mean, we, a long, long, long time ago when I first started, uh, we were building enterprise applications for um, engineering companies. In the olden days, it went from paper and then we went to digital. So they were able to input information in a digital way, which is quite easy to do. And I think this is just a big evolution to be able to just put in the information as and when you're about to, um, as and when you have the information and as and when it can go straight in. Um, and it's, it's just a great use case. I love that. And part of what you said, I'm going to come back to at the end. Dylan, I'm going to go to you. Um, your thoughts on this piece? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I think, um, Susan, your point about like uh, product market fit from a perspective of like, you know, these in, in a garage, your hands are greasy and dirty, and it's uh, easier to not have to go wash your hands and you can just dictate to something. I think from a technology perspective, you know, I'm pretty in the weeds uh having like trained some of these asr models myself like evan you guys built this stuff in-house i'd be really curious to learn how robust it is to and performs in a noisy environment because like 
deploying ASR in noisy environments is still, I think, a challenge. Um, in a garage, there's I imagine it's very noisy um, with with uh, machines running and yeah. So I'd be really curious to see how it works and the quality of it. I think a lot of the conversational AI tech, like if it doesn't work the first couple times, you kind of churn on it. Um, and that that I would love to test it. <laughs> that that's that's my that's my feedback or takeaway. Well, you're and you're right. You know, I um, this is a situation where the the uh, the users uh, are going to be harsh critics. You know, uh, you don't have time to play um, in these environments because you know people get hurt and they die. You know, in, in, if something goes wrong in industrial environments, and so it's not a it's not your testing ground for toys. Uh, this stuff better work. So yeah, your points well taken. Evan, I'm going to go to you. Uh, what stood out to you? Hey, I'm going to um, Look, I mean, well, let's see what the market says. I mean, it sounds like a really exciting use case. And if people love it, that's great. I mean, I, I think maybe the 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 more interesting take is seeing an organization like Rain kind of abandon their voice brand work um, and focus on a singular product. And it, I mean, it sounds like more agencies will be doing the same. I mean, it's it's really tough to be making, you know, Alexa skills for beverage brands right now. So uh, you know, there's a lot of talent in those organizations and some of them are going to take a, a crack at products and, um, you know, we wish them a ton of success. I think the, the, you know, we'll also learn a lot about the viability of these different platforms. You know, can you build a industrial voice assistant on Alexa? I, I mean, it, the, these guys are going to know. So uh, we'll, we'll get that data back from them pretty soon on this particular use case. Perfect. Yeah, I completely agree. And Karen, uh, you get the last word on this. Want to hear your thoughts? What stood out to you? Yeah, when I first read the article, I felt like uh, even a low uh, tech um, area like a garage or workshop uh, is getting a stack overflow equivalent for them, right? I mean, where they can easily access information. But what uh, kind of uh, intrigued me was uh, going back to what Dylan said, um, do we need uh, a microphonic system that can really address the noise aspect? Is there beam formation there so that somebody has to go and stand near the microphone or the device to ask the right question? And these systems, I mean, cars are complex and um, what kind of uh, dialogue management they have? I mean, do, can they do multi-intent, multi-modifiers? Because people will ask things like, I am looking for this make, this model, this part, and this version, and so on. So it's going to be pretty complex. So I'm I'm interested to see how things go, but I'm also fascinated how a design agency like Rain took up the um, job of doing something very purpose-built for a use case like this. Very interesting. Yeah, and they, ultimately he's paying for it because the you know voice assistant in the garage doesn't fix your car. Um, so. You know, is it going to be efficiency budget? Is it going to be, you know, some helper in the garage that, you know, can go focus on other tasks? So I think some of these use cases also, you have to like scratch your head and say, okay, where, where, where's the money for this license going to actually come from and, and do all the, the numbers like pencil out? Yeah, no, complete agreement. And, um, you know, a lot of good comments all the way around. I, um, 
I, I definitely agree with the the sentiment that um, uh, there's some companies that are going to need to send rain a thank you note for uh, blazing a trail here on how to go from point A to point B, you know, because you've got all these competencies related to the voice ecosystems and you got this conversational know-how, but now you got to carve out something a little bit more venture grade and, and profitable and cash flowing. And um, this, this very well could be it. Um, and, uh, you know, we've seen a couple of agencies pivot already. I, I, I agree, I suspect we'll see more. Um, I will add one more thing to this too. It's, it's interesting, um, in my personal experience, I have uh, been part of people dying in manufacturing plants. And um, it is uh, not a good thing to be part of. Um, and to whatever extent this can uh, improve safety uh, in those contexts, even if it's not verbal commands, even if it's just baselining the audio uh, within these facilities. And if something is off, you know, starting to shut some stuff down or being an assistant on measuring the safety, you know, by taking in data that is no normally not accounted for, um, all of that's really powerful. So uh, yeah, wish rain luck in doing this and super interesting story to start with. Appreciate all the commentary on that. Um, I'm gonna move on to story number two. And um, this is another rarity. Uh, I'm using an Amazon press release directly. I don't think we've ever done this before. I'm going to read this headline uh, verbatim. Amazon's new head of Alexa shares his vision for the future, including new shopping and entertainment features. Um, so again, this is a piece uh, <laughs> by Amazon for Amazon. Um, but uh, I thought it was worth uh, including anyway. Um, and uh, from here on out, I'm going to sort of play with the order a little bit. And Chitana, I'm going to start with you on this, uh, since, um, you know, I, I think that you're, I don't know if you're the close to the ecosystem, but, you know, I'm going to start with you nevertheless. Um, interesting piece here, uh, covers a lot of ground. Um, Rohit Prasad is really well respected in that organization. What First of all, what stood out to you and the piece? And then give me a letter grade, A through F, on your your opinion on the Alexa ecosystem as it stands today. Uh, what stood out for me is the whole shopping piece. I mean, it's, uh, it's obvious that that's what Amazon are going to be doing. Um, it's just so surprising that people are actually using their voice to shop. I mean, I can understand it's because it's completely frictionless. Um, we've actually run campaigns which have shopping in it, and we're completely shocked at the number of people who actually end up adding to cart. So they may not be buying, but through their voice, they hear the ad, they discover the product, and they just go and add to cart. And, and the percentage is really, really strong. It's like on par with what you would see from a Google ad um, in, in, in an AdWords. So it's it's... It's the direction that I think that um, Alexa is going to be heading. They're going to optimize the shopping experiences a lot more, um, like they have been doing with this, you know, find me a green dress. It's just such a natural way to look for things. Uh, you know, when you have e-commerce sites, it's very much guided price point, but you can't just go, I want a green dress, roughly 40 pounds, and I'm going out tonight. I mean, you put that into an e-commerce search, it just wouldn't be able to find it. But you build an e-commerce guided search engine to do that, 
it kind of makes sense. And that's that's why I can see they're betting a lot on that. I mean, they have the team to deliver on that. Um, and they have the Amazon.com to be able to actually supply the product. Um, on a scale of, because I'm, I'm in the ecosystem, so I'm completely biased. Um, on, on a scale of A to F, uh, where Alexa is going, what it's achieving, and consumer adoption of it, um, and what consumers are doing, I would grade it a B. Um, and I would say the things that I've seen and uh, the things that they've like sort of revealed over the past few months, I think we're going to see them hit an A or an A plus probably by the uh, end of 2023. A plus. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll hold you to that. Um, I'm just giving you grief. Uh, Kieran, I'm going to go to you next. Um, you know, with your, with what y'all do in, in restaurants and hospitality, um, give me your thoughts again, what stood out to you from the piece, if anything in particular, and then a letter grade as you see it for uh, the Alexa ecosystem. Yeah, uh, what stood out was more uh, their um, uh, focus on the routines and the hunches and how they want to do the ambient experience. Uh, although this is this is not really new uh, from a claim perspective, because I I remember um, uh, uh, following the reinvent uh, probably in 2019, where Alexa team talked about. Um, um chaining of skills to make an experience which is more complex right which is if you want to plan your evening with your family and you want to do a bunch of things along the way go to the movie visit uh, um, uh, uh, go to a restaurant and you want to need a ride and all that um they have they have been talking about it but i think they're still getting along slowly there uh it's still yeah, from a restaurant's standpoint uh, uh, from, and in the Alexa ecosystem, very limited things you could do because there is no way to uh, get more embedded experience of who the customer is, what they want. You can all do is yeah, repeat my last order or something like that. Very, very basic, but they're coming along uh, from, from a grading standpoint, I would say they're probably like B minus and there is still a long way to go in terms of uh, providing enriched experience uh, for different um, customers and customer personas. And, and that's what I would say, uh, B minus, yeah. All right, so we got a B and we got a B minus. So that's 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 not bad uh, so far. Evan, I'm gonna go to you and I'll go to our two more enterprise folks at the end. Um, you know, from a healthcare point of view, from your personal point of view, what if anything stood out about that piece and then your letter grade for the Alexa ecosystem? Oh gosh, well, I, I don't have a letter grade, but I went to the end of the press release. So they uh, they they had a, a pretty interesting quote in there. They said, Alexa of today is already far more powerful than the Star Trek computer that uh, inspired me. So I, 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 I think they're going out a little bit on a limb there with that claim. I mean, let's just be really clear. What could Star Trek do? It was you know, universal translator, you know, any language, any in real time. Uh, that's pretty impressive. We're not there yet. Um, and then the holodeck, um, that was, you know, incredible. I mean, this was full simulation of conversation scenes. So I, I don't think Alexa skills is anywhere near a sort of holodeck-like experience yet. I think what really stood out 
from me reading a piece like that is, you know, what's the focus? Like, what is Amazon, you know, what is the singular focus of that ecosystem? And I don't think there is one. I think they're being pulled in a lot of directions. I think they're being pulled by the cloud business. And this is a hook to bring people to AWS. I think they're being pulled by the consumer business. I mean, you, you know, you saw the shopping numbers, you got to get people, you know, buying more green yoga pants. I think they're being pulled by new business people, you know, the new business initiatives, and they're seeing, you know, what Microsoft's doing in healthcare. So it's unclear what, you know, what the, the singular vision is. And I think that's an opportunity for, you know, every single startup that's focused on a, you know, a, a much more crisper vision, you know, whether that's industrial car repair, <laughs> voice interfaces or, or something else. That's a good point. You know, they're still pretty unfocused, right? So there's all these opportunities in the gaps. Um, I'm going to call that letter grade an I <clears throat> is what I'll call that. Dylan, I'm going to go to you. Uh, and then Susan, I'll go to you. Um, same question. What stood out? Letter grade. Yeah. You know, I <clears throat> when the Alexis first came out, I used them a ton and was blown away. Uh, I haven't used a voice assistant in like years, though. Um, I think for me, like personally, the novelty kind of wore off after the first like year or two. But uh, yeah, the shopping numbers are crazy and, and the device sale numbers are crazy. Like it's a super successful product. So I do think that like it seems like um, the, the Alexa like experience had kind of plateaued for a bit. And like Evan spoke about, like they're getting pulled at a bunch of directions and trying to figure out where to go forward. I did Google a couple of stats while you guys were talking. It's like, there's like 10,000 people working on Alexa. So it's, it's, it's definitely a success. I think like the future though is unclear, you know, is it like more, um, more, uh, is it shopping? Is it entertainment? Like what, what is it? I also think if you make it too commercial where it's mostly shopping, then does it seem like an ad in your house? You know, if you start to get like push notifications that are talking to you, I'm, I'm really curious where the future is going to take it at the same time, like AI technology is just um, like innovating like rapidly right now. And I think that uh, like just the progress we made in large language models, like everyone here has probably seen the, uh, crazy like diffusion model progress, like stable diffusion and stuff, which is just crazy. So I think if they can continue to leverage a lot of that latest tech and uh, pour the resources into it, I'm also still optimistic for where it's going to go. Um, but yeah, for me, I would say grade like B minus, um, B minus. I, I think I like the technology. I think it's really cool, but and the novelty has worn off a bit for me. And I think the utility, personally, as like a user of Amazon uh, is low. But when you look at the data, like 50% of users are using it for shopping. Like that's crazy. And that's probably driving a crazy amount of Amazon sales. So even if it's like just driving Amazon sales, it's probably like worth having 10,000 people work on it at this point. So, Yeah. So we got a B, a B minus, an I, another B minus. Eh, Amazon has to probably be pretty pleased by that. Susan, it falls to you. Same question. Uh, what stood out and uh, your letter grade? Yeah, um, I I would like to uh, plus one myself on everything that that the the rest of the folks here have said. Um, like you, Kieran, 
one of the things that really stood out to me is the is the proactive assistance piece of it. Um, listen, routines are one thing. Um, I think routines can be nice for a certain kind of user who wants to make the investment because from a UX perspective, it is still an investment to set up a routine, right? But that's great. Hunches, I think, are universally hated because, frankly, none of these devices have contextual awareness. Even if you've just completed a task that matches up with the rules that they've set up for, hey, this is a great time for me to use this hunch and make this suggestion. Um, it, in my house, when it was it was honestly, um, back to Dylan's point, it was when um, some of the other uh, uh, assistants started making those those hunches and recommendations to which the response in my house was always, oh my God, shut up, right? Like, like, no, that's not what I want. And it's because of the lack of contextual awareness. Um, but, but Evan, I'd also like to really um, uh, commend you for the way you described the, you know, them being spread really thin, because I think that's a problem. The experience of interacting with all of these different Alexa products and devices, et cetera, across all of these, these different endpoints, there's something incoherent um, in the in the user experience. So, giving my grade mostly from a UX perspective, it's a C. It's not really any better than that. Okay, so we got a a B, a B minus, an I, a B minus, and a C. All right. So you know, if I'm if I'm Amazon, I, I can't cry too much about that. Um, because obviously the whole premise of the piece is <clears throat> they have a new leader, you know, and they have a new leader because they are sitting there waiting for a new vision to be handed down. And, um, you know, that's uh, a certain, you know, that's the uh, the overarching theme of what the comments were is that it's it's needed. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's it's just interesting. The, the whole world went through this acceleration, this transform function of the pandemic and um you know and amazon is not any different um you know they they benefited from this great adoption which started before the pandemic obviously of alexa uh, it continued through the pandemic now that we're coming out of it whatever stage we're in um they have to decide what they want to be when they grow up uh, similar to what the first story was about so it's interesting to hear y'all's thoughts. Um, I'm going to move on to this to story number three, which is not too different um, from what we'll discuss with it. Uh, this is from Nine to Five Mac. Siri spy iOS bug allowed apps to eave, eavesdrop on your Siri conversations before fix. So this article goes into uh, quite a bit of technical detail on how um, anybody uh, interested could have um, used this uh, back end um, in, end around to uh, <clears throat> find out everything you're asking Siri. And uh, this, this was eye-opening uh, to say the least, especially with much as Apple likes to beat their chest about privacy. Um, Dylan, I'm gonna start with you. Um, and then I'll, I'll uh, figure out the order after that. But I want to start with you on this. 
Um, share with me your thoughts uh, on the piece. What stood out to you? And then same thing. Give me a letter yeah. grade for Siri. <laughs> so Siri, Siri, I still think sucks. Uh, although um, I do use the iOS voice dictation like way more now than if I even think like two, three years ago. So overall accuracy of those like uh, dictation features on iOS, I think has gotten a lot better, but I never use Siri. Um, I, I don't find a lot of value in it. This article, um, as it currently is built, don't find a lot of value in it, I would say. The article though is, is, is really scary. I think I'm more of like a paranoid person by default. And this, this doesn't help uh, quell some of those par paranoid, paranoid feelings. Um, it seems like a pretty, I actually didn't know about this before reading this article uh, and prep for this, but pretty big exploit, uh, especially the part where uh, I want to read here, like any app with access to Bluetooth could record your conversations, not just with Siri, but also audio from the iOS keyboard dictation feature. Like if you're dictating texts like I do all the time, if an app had Bluetooth access, according to how it's written here, they could eavesdrop on that. Um, that's not good. I think that uh, security is so difficult because you're just playing defense and there's just so many uh, holes. Like it's, it's hard to think about every area you have to cover. Um, and I think that uh, the more exploits like this to come out, you know, uh, like there's a lot of um, uh, conspiracy theories around, you know, like Facebook can eavesdrop on what you're saying and uh, like, like apps like listen to you in the background, Alexa. I don't think stories like this help, uh, you know, um, I think they fan the flames of those types of theories. So uh, that th those are some of my reactions when I read this, but I don't think it's good. And personally, I read this and I'm like, wow, that's 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 pretty scary. That's been open. I need to go update my iOS because I don't think I have. I, I heard the words they suck and conspiracy theories in your answer. <laughs> so that equates to an F. Um, Evan, I'm going to go to you um, and I want to get your thoughts on this as well. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. It's, it's not really a you know, pure conversational AI story. It's a Bluetooth exploit. And, um, you know, you know, people are working around the clock to fix it. So that's good. Um, the, I mean, I think it, the bigger question too is like, how do we feel about conversational AI as part of, in like our lives, you know? And again, some of, the early days of this, people were getting really nervous about having their conversations labeled and tagged. And, you know, you read a bunch of stories about, you know, people, you know, wanting to, you know, restrict access to having their conversation with Siri or Alexa tagged. I think we're kind of past that point. And, and now the consumer limitation is just functionality. Um, and my hope is that we get to an even more exciting <laughs> sort of a more exciting point where folks actually look at conversations with virtual assistants as being pro-privacy, that I can have a trusted conversation with a, a doctor or a trusted conversation with a therapist or trusted conversation with some sort of advisor and have that conversation disappear into the ether. So I think there's, there's a lot of use cases that probably folks are not talking about that are extremely pro-privacy. Um, and they're, you know, just 
you know, we're, we're knocking at the door of those. We're, we, we have to get to the really conversational virtual agents to begin having the, the next more interesting conversation about, okay, how do we use the fact that we can have uh, an unlimited number of conversational doctors, nurses, therapists on the line with folks that can erase conversations if the patient wants. So I think it becomes something that is really, you know, pro, pro consumer later on, but there's some, there's some uh, steps to get through before then. <clears throat> yeah, no, complete, complete agreement. And in the interest of time, because I want to spend more time on the next story, uh, I'm going to open the floor to, to Kira and Shatan and Dylan all together. Um, uh, and, um, uh, and ask the same question. Um, you know, if there's any divergence, I mean, not Dylan, Dylan, you answered it to begin with, but Su Susan, um, uh, Susan, Chiton, and Kieran, um, is there any di significant divergence from the F that Dylan gave or the uh, kind of, you know, uh, I wish we weren't discussing this, we were discussing better stories, thought process that Evan just described. Uh, is there any significant divergence that any of the three of you have? Uh, if so, uh, our, voice it now. Yeah, the only the only thing, the only comment I would make is, Dylan, I think you're being a little optimistic in saying users are past their privacy concerns um, about conversational AI. Um, I'll, I'll say it this way. It maybe is trite. Evans, I would, I would agree. I would agree with you. <laughs> That yeah, Evan, yeah. So Evan, I'll yes. let you comment back um, with you. Yes. Thank you. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, but here's the thing. Getting users, especially in a customer service or an employee service kind of a, uh, a situation to interact with conversational AI often comes down to trust. And trust is gained in drops and lost in buckets. And I think we just lost a couple buckets of user trust. Every time a story like this happens, there's a whole group of users who are like, uh-uh, I'm not going to interact with those things. Well, yeah, and then there's, I mean, that there's lots of people who have not adopted Alexa for those reasons. But I'm saying the bigger limitation, so you misconstrued what I said. Like, I'm saying the bigger limitation is, how performant these things are. Like, do these things actually work? That's what's holding the market back, not the privacy concerns. Not to say that doesn't help the case, right? As these as these platforms get, you know, stronger and stronger and stronger from a, a privacy standpoint, where people really trust, you know, how their conversations are, you know, flowing to the big neural net and, and back, that's going to help things. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, it has to be a worthwhile experience for people to care. And I don't think Alexa adoption is <laughs> being held back right now by privacy concerns alone. Well, the, the, it would be interesting to have a longer uh, discussion on that. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's interesting to hear you all discuss it. I think we can all agree that, uh, you know, a company that built a massive spaceship on arguably the most expensive property on the face of the planet shouldn't have this story show up. Um, you know, we will uh, we'll move on because I want to make sure we have uh, time for this last story. I'm going to read this. Uh, this is from a news publication called The Swaddle, which I had never heard of. Super interesting. How technology is helping decode animal language. So uh, really interesting story. And I'm going to go in reverse order uh, of the um, of how we started. 
So Kieran, I'm going to start with you, then go to Evan, then Shatan, then uh, Dylan, and then Susan, I'm going to end with you. Uh, Kieran, what stood out? Give me, and we're short on time. Uh, we're going to try to end up in about four or five minutes. Give me two or three sentences on what stood out to you about the piece. Yeah. So one thing is uh, animal and language. The first thing that came to my mind is a parrot ordering something. So using Alexa in Australia a couple of years back, that was, you know, human communication used by a, a parrot. But uh, here it was really decoding the animal to animal communication. Um, that looks like a new frontier and a long way to go. While we are still working on low resource language and low content language, which is human communication still, right? So it's a long shot. Uh, there are probably thousands of languages which need uh, more attention right now because the, there is not enough corpus, not enough usage and so on. That's what I, I felt like that's a new frontier, which is still time to come. Yeah. Excellent. Evan, I'm going to go to you. What stood out to you? Uh, this is, I mean, it's just a good reminder as we're making these systems, there are lots of different ways to have a high bandwidth, effective conversation. And, you know, if, if we're in the business of making, you know, conversational, you know, agents, conversational agents, you know, sometimes some of the things that they say may not be um, exactly like a person would say it, but it's still efficient and still a great way to sort of move things forward. Um, you know, we're, we're not trying to, you know, a, a submarine doesn't have to swim like a dolphin to be an effective, uh, effective underwater vessel. So it's a good reminder that there's a lot of different ways to communicate. Love that. Chetan, I'm going to go to you. Uh, what stood out to you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's super exciting, these stories. It gets just gets out there. Uh, people love picking up on stories like this. Consumers love reading it. Um, but it's a great, you know, it's a great beginning of something. We don't know. I don't know where it's going to end up, but I think it's an exciting use of the technology. You know, maybe we can use it to understand how certain animals feel rather than how they communicate. Um, just by from their sounds and stuff. So I think it's super exciting. I think it's a, it's a good use of uh, all this AI tech that we're coming up with. Excellent. Dylan, uh, your thoughts? <clears throat> yeah, same. Thought it was really cool. I also thought the shout out to the uh, Deep Squeak paper <laughs> was was pretty interesting. So for the sake of time, I'll leave it there, but was also, uh, uh, yeah, pretty surprised by this. I thought it was a cool, cool article. Perfect. And Susan, last word goes to you. Your thoughts. Thank you, sir. Yeah, two thoughts. One is um, it made me think of um, Emily Bender's paper from ACL in 2020 about how there is no a priori way to go from the form of language to the meaning. I think that's only going to be more true when we're talking about animal communication, not human communication. Right. So even if we can classify all the different kinds of communications, we don't necessarily know what it means. Second point is this. Um, we have to be super cautious about being anthropocentric here. We have no idea if animals care to talk about any of the stuff we care to talk about. So it's super exciting, but I think we just have to be really careful and, and not assume that that that. Um, you know, the way humans do language and even the, the substance of what we talk about is going to apply it all here. Who knows what we're going to find out? Um, we're going to keep banging on the door, though, I have no doubt. Uh, but uh, look, great comments all the way around. 
thank y'all so much for taking the time to share your expertise, your experience with not just me, but the audience as well. It's greatly appreciated. For This Week in Voice, Season 7, Episode 8, thank you for listening on your podcast provider of choice. Thank you for watching if you're with us on YouTube. Until next time.